All right, Bobby, we're going to make a game. You and me. Finally. Fi- <laughs> Finally, we're making a game, you and I, together. Finally, I've do- I've had enough of talking about this shit. Yeah. Let's get out there into the streets. Let's and hit the bricks. Do something. I'm ready. And I think you are too. You've got a you've got something in your eye. You've got a twinkle, a sparkle. Gosh, that's oh. a, I'm sorry, Bobby. I It's a bug. It's a Oh man, get that bug out of your eye. We got a game to make. Yeah, okay. Get the bugs out of your eyes, folks. <laughs> get the bugs out of your eyes. Step one, get the bugs out of your eyes. All that's, right. That's the first rule of our game. That's rule fir- one. That's the first thing they teach you in video game school. Rule one, bugs out of your eyes. Okay, rule two. All right, Mr. Miyamoto. Yes, that's me. Mr. Miyamoto, hi. This is my friend, Mario. Uh, rule two. What's I, I did rule number one. What's rule two? Rule two? Yeah, rule two. Uh, be yourself and have fun. All right, rule one, get the bugs out of your eyes. Rule two, be yourself and have fun. All right, rule three, don't get hit. Don't get hit. That's rule three. All right. Rule number one, get the bugs out of your eyes. Rule two, be yourself and have fun. Rule three, don't get hit. What's rule number four, Bobby? Rule four? Yes. Rule four. Rule four is yes and. Rule four is yes and. That was, I will accept that cop out. Okay. Uh, Rule one, get the bugs out of your eyes. Rule two, be yourself and have fun. Rule three, don't get hit. Rule four, yes and. Rule five, hide. You know, looking through the looking through this list, looking through this whole uh, course we have laid out, I don't know how <laughs> video games get made, dude. <laughs> um, uh, I can tell you how uh, this video game can get can get made uh, if you uh, give me rule six. Rule six, ah, the most important rule of all, the most important, the most important of all the rules. Uh, don't forget. Talk to Kirby. All right. So rule number one, get the bugs out of your eyes. Rule number two, be yourself and have fun. Rule number three, don't get hit. Rule number four, yes. And rule number five, hide. Rule number six, don't forget to talk to Kirby. Let Kirby into your heart, folks. WWKD, what would Kirby do? What would Kirby do? What would he do? It's honestly a much easier question than uh, what would Jesus do? Which is why I wear the bracelet, WWKD. The much easier question to answer, and I like easy questions because I like easy answers. Nine times out of ten, it's he he'd eat the thing, and that tenth time he'd probably like jump or something. Yeah, he would he would say, um, "Oyo." He'd say, uh, "Hi, <laughs> it's me, Kirby." Hola, me amo Kirby. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't think so. What would happen if Kirby ate John Wick? <laughs> he would just get the that 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 handsome greasy hair and uh he would get a gun, but the gun is empty and you just have to throw the gun at people. Yeah. You get to take the gun apart and throw it at someone until they're a bloody pulp. Fuck, man. Yeah. <laughs> When are we get when are, when is John Wick getting added to Smash so we can see this in action? Well, um, maybe okay. Rule seven. Where's John Wick? 
Rule seven, where is John Wick? All right, we got rule. It's a bad rule. Because <laughs> no, it's a good rule because it's it's a it's a consideration rule. It's a rule to consider. It's not a rule. Uh, it's not a hard and fast rule. It's a rule to consider. It is more of a uh, moment of reflection. Where is John Wick? If you're not remembering to ask where is John Wick, then you're doing then your game's in the toilet. Yeah. What are you doing? So rule one, get the bugs out of your eyes. Rule two, be yourself and have fun. Rule three, uh, don't get hit. Rule four, yes. And rule five, hide. Cannot stress that rule enough. That Don't is let them mo- get you. That is the most important rule. Don't let them get you. <laughs> Rules. And um, don't answer the door if anyone comes knocking. Uh, rule six. Remember to talk remember, to Kirby. Remember to talk to Kirby. Kirby's your friend. Rule seven. Where is John Wick? Where is John Wick, man? <laughs> and rule eight to close us out. What is rule eight? The second most important rule, second only to hide. I think talking to Kirby is second most important. Okay, well then give me rule eight, the third most important rule. The third most important rule to be remembered above all else aside from hide and remember to talk to Kirby is, of course, and I cannot stress this enough, except if I'm stressing it as hard as Hyde and remember to talk to Kirby, because those are more important rules, as we've established. So what is this rule? Rule 8, the third most important rule, the one to consider, the one to remember. Rule 8 is... Uh, I left it at home. Oh. No, Bobby, uh, you didn't. Uh, actually, I have rule 8 uh, right here. You know what rule eight is, Bobby? Was rule eight. Talk about video games. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Bob. We're in a we're in such a small space. Sorry. Sorry, folks. I thought that would be funny. Jay Allen. And I'm Bobby McCarthy. And welcome back to Two Itchy Boys, a little show about little games where we share with you the hidden gems and secret treasures found deep within the Itch.io game site. And this week, baby, we are bringing together some physical games. It's time to get physical. It's time to get literally extremely uncomfortably physical with you folks. We're, you're going to feel us. You probably already do. Did you feel that? That's me. <laughs> I do not like that implication. I do not like the implication of a tactile podcast. <laughs> I I think I think it's going to be a big hit, especially <laughs> the part when we do the big hit on them. Yeah, when we hit them. Yeah, that's going to I hope, you're, I hope that, you're ready to get that's hit. That's going to be one for the books. You're going to get hurt by this one, folks. Yeah, it's going to be one for the books. They're going to book us. Yeah. They're going to put us on the record. But not before we do you physical harm. And uh, that's a <laughs> itchy boy's guarantee. <laughs> the only podcast that threatens you. that The only podcast that offers realistic threats. You're going to get hit. You're going to get hit. Just a guarantee. That's a, that's a rule of life. Rule of life number one. You're going to get hit. 
Nobody gets out of here without getting hit. That's true. That's an itch. That's another itchy boy's guarantee. I learned that from Miss Scruggs in first grade. Miss Scruggs? Miss Scruggs. No way. You had a teacher named Miss Scruggs. Yeah, she. Yeah, I, I did. She had a second head. Sorry. She had two heads. One. Uh huh. One, one. One told only the truth, and the other told only lies. Ah. I. It was very confusing whenever she tried to teach us anything because I couldn't remember which head was which. And I sometimes I would fail an assignment because. Top. I, I listened to the wrong head. They both talked simultaneously at all times. That sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> made me who I am, though. <laughs> hey, never forget where you came from. That's rule number two. Rule number one, you're going to get hit. Rule number two, never forget where you came from. Are we just doing the same bit again? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm stuck in a loop. Um, There is no escape. There is no escape. Uh, Bobby, I think this was a good pick for us. I think you and I... I feel like this has been a long time coming. I agree. I, I, I feel like you and I are uniquely positioned to be doing this because um, you and I do have a lot of experience with little baby games, little baby physical games. Little tiny baby games. Let me tell you, I love me some Everyone is John. Love everyone is John. I love me, my 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 Grant Howe one pagers. Oh, we love a good honey heist or a crash pandas. I I've had so many of these little games in my backlog, and I'm really glad to have gotten an excuse to play them. Or should I say, play it? Because I only got around to playing one, which brings me. I think it's my turn to start us off. Well then, aren't you proud of me? I sure am. Well then, by all means, Bob, please. Enlighten me with the game. The game. Hold on. So, today I'm bringing to you Thousand-Year-Old Vampire. That's a great name. This is a great name. I've heard a lot of people talk about it. I've wanted to play it for a very long time, and I'm very glad that I finally did. So, it markets itself as a solo RPG. But you can technically play it with other people. I'm curious what that entails. So that is essentially, let's let's start with the basics. Yeah, here. start with the basics. Pitch me this game. Give me give me the pitch for this game. What is this game? So you are essentially chronicling the life of a vampire. The thing about vampires is they tend to kind of live a real long time. So the the basic structure of the game, you've got your your vampire, your character that you build at the beginning. You give them some you know, you know distinctive characteristics. You give them you give them their their little gimmick, their personality, and you basically just roll a bunch of a bunch of dice, and each dice uh, correlates to a table of prompts. And those prompts determine what happens in, in your vampire's life. And you basically just you, you basically just mark down whatever happens to your vampire and you keep going and you think about, hey, what will my vampire do in this situation? It is 
role playing stripped down to its barest essentials. Very, it, yeah, which which is most uh, solo journaling games I've found. Yeah, which uh, it's interesting because I thought of this as a journaling game. Um, that is also super not a requirement. Okay, you can just mark down mark down the events, think about what's going on, and. It, the the journaling is a totally optional component, which I I think is both really nice and a little bit confusing because I don't know how to play one of these games without writing stuff down. Um, but it's fine because, like I said, it can be a journaling game, and that's how I played it. That's how I recommend playing it. Um, so this game is really fun to me. You know, you know me. You know, we know you love your your old little bloodsuckers. You know I love my old little bloodsuckers. You know I, I I love my my vampy boys. Um, the thing that interests me about this game is that it's structurally built from the ground up to take that concept of eternal life, that that prolonged existence, and kind of gamify the way that existing for that long inherently would just destroy the self it is a game about losing everything that you are and everyone and everything that you love and becoming something that the you as you are right now could never recognize as yourself and it's fun. <laughs> Jesus, Bob. That <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. So, uh, golly, that sounds like a fucking downer. Um, walk me through what your sort of process, like, like, uh, what what does a round look like in this game? All right. So you start off uh, by defining your vampire defining their look, how they became a vampire, what their mark is, um, which essentially is like your, your visual indicator of how, how you became a vampire, whether it be it uh, your classical bite marks on your throat or incredibly pale skin or rotting flesh or whatever. You get to define like the specifics of your vampire. It's not tied beholden to any single like tradition um and you establish a starting location a couple characters some items that you have from from your pre-vampire life oh and then you you also have your skills and then you basically just define that that starting scene of how you became a vampire and from there, you you roll a dice, and like like I said, each each die result correlates to a table of prompts determining what happens next in your vampire's life. Now these prompts are added to a list of memories. The, these prompts themselves are called experiences in the game's parlance, and an experience is basically a single sentence describing what happened. And how you responded to it. Now, these experiences make up memories. And memories 
are collections of three experiences a piece. Now, you can only have five memories in your head at a time. Oh, God. Once you exceed five, and granted, these experiences or these these memories can only have three experiences in them mm-hmm. so you can't have an extensive memory of this entire year of your life it has to be a single collection of experience of tightly knit interwoven experiences yeah it's like you know how memories work like you, how real memories yeah, work. You're, yeah you're not yeah like unless you're uh unless you're tim rogers you're not gonna uh backlog an entire years worth of events into your head yeah you're you, you've got a very limited number of things you can hold in your head at once and once you exceed that five memory limit one of your memories has got to go oh that's sad and that memory is gone forever unless unless you keep journals Ooh. now journals are important because they are physical resources that you can declare at any time hey i've got a journal now and you can add a memory to it but once you've added a memory to that journal you cannot add any more experiences to it it's locked in place and it goes away as soon as you lose the journal and you have to define what that journal is whether it's a traditional journal or if it's just like a trinket like something that reminds you i don't I'm sorry, yeah. I was getting ahead of you. I, who who am I describing a game I haven't played? Yeah, I it's it's very yeah, it's very loosey goosey with what what actually counts as a journal, but it is something that you have to physically be able to record memories onto. Like it can be Oh can, yeah, okay. So it can be, you know, a, a, it can a be voice like a, recorder or Yeah, it can be a, a a cassette tape that that's got a voice recording on it. It can be a web page that only you have access to. That's something <laughs> that's specifically brought up in the rules. Um <laughs> But once once those journals are gone, the memories inside them are gone, and you have to be able to physically access them in order to be able to access those memories. Thank God you can have vlogs, vampire logs. Fuck, dude. <laughs> you can't do that to me. That's good. How is that, how's someone not done that yet? How's that not, how's that not a fucking web series? Anyways, you, you also have these tracks of different aspects of your character the three main ones are characters or people in your life um skills and resources now you live a long time so eventually some of the people in your life are gonna die yeah that isn't necessarily defined within the structure of the game although some experiences or some prompts will give you an experience that involves losing someone from your character's list. Some prompts will put you in a situation that requires you to use one of your skills. And when you use a skill, you cannot use it again within the structure of the game. You know, sometimes you'll have to spend a resource. Sometimes you'll gain a resource. But the basic idea is once all of your skills are spent... And all of your resources are gone. Once you don't have, once you have nothing with which you can spend to to continue the game, your life is over and your vampire dies. Jesus, Bobby, that so, is 
So it is from the ground up a game of diminishment. The game of loss. It is, yeah. It is a game that really is just about losing everything and pushing yourself into dark, monstrous places just to keep going because you have no other way of of surviving in this dark vampiric world and it's 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 a it can be a bummer to play it can also be incredibly fun because <laughs> you know i loves me that genre fiction bullshit i wrote my first ever vampire feeding scene oh fuck playing this game and it ruled <laughs> Jesus Christ, Bob! What what was your vampire's name? So, oh, you have a you have a journal. In, I, I, I have I have the journal that I wrote my my vampire's life in. Uh, so, I was Maria Barone. Okay, that's a that's a good vampire name, right? She she was a little Italian girl, um, who who lived in in a small village that was ransacked. Um, she was the daughter of a marionette maker, um, and she she had like a little puppet uh, in in her like image that was kind of her her last vestige of of her old self. And essentially, in in the wreckage of her town after after the fallout, she encountered this mime wandering the streets, and the mime grabbed her head and. Uh, she woke up and she, let's just say she was never the same afterwards. Jesus <laughs> Christ, Bob. Fucking grim fairy tale Pinocchio shit. Yeah. Uh give me one sec. I really want to read the feeding scene. And uh coming up next on Twitchy Boys, only on 103.5, comes excerpt from Bobby McCarthy's feeding scene of Maria Barone. Take it away, Bob. Uh yeah. Dazed, I made my way back home, all the while feeling as though I was gliding against my will. I found my dear husband in a rage, though I was unafraid. I felt nothing as he swore and raved, demanding to know where I'd been. Dispassionately, as casually as I might pull a bucket from a well, I placed my hands on my dear husband's cheeks, and I twisted his head to the side. There was a crack, and he went immediately silent, his body going limp in my hands. My grip did not loosen. Quite the contrary, I continued to twist, unmoved by the sickening cracks and the weight of his sagging form. I twisted until his head parted from his body, and into his gaping throat I lowered my lips. I crouched over his body for hours, sucking and licking at the exposed veins. When I could draw no more blood, I turned him and drained what remained like a slaughtered pig into my hungry mouth. I engaged in this unholy exercise until the body and head were totally dry, shriveling and mummified in the light of the rising sun. Jesus, Bobby! I got issues, man. That's really good, though! It had all, it had everything you need in a vampire fiction. It was sad... It was horny. It was existentially troubling. This is a fun game, man. <laughs> Listen, if you if you if you're like me, 
you want to write shit specifically you want to write a vampire story but you're very bad at coming up with ideas you need this fucking game <laughs> god damn uh i really want to play this now fuck you bobby yeah this physical version looks beautiful yeah also on the itch.io page if you if you can't afford the money I think it's like 10 bucks, but if you can't afford the the price of admission, there is very gener generously a community copy on its itch page which allows for a free download. Uh it is $15. I highly recommend uh paying these people because um <laughs> goddamn is this a well put together game and also you can buy a physical version, which I really need to get because it's a gorgeous, gorgeous book. I think that is $35 on their website. It is beautiful. Isn't it? And it has a built-in journal section, so you can keep all your all your stuff together. Uh, it's really nice. It looks like it is bound, very, very on brand. It looks as though it's bound similarly to like a uh, a composition book. Yes. And it's got all these, like, newspaper clippings and, like, historical portraits and stuff. Like, it, it feels like a scrapbook from from the, the life of someone who's lived an ungodly amount of time, which I just fucking adore. It's Bobby, uh, I'm in love with this game. This looks cool as fuck. God, I adore this shit. It's so good. <laughs> Play it. It's only 15 bucks. Or if you really can't afford it, you can get it for fucking free. Go grab that bad boy. You have nothing to lose. You have nothing to lose it's, and everything to gain. Become a vampire. Actually, no, you have a lot to lose. That's the point. You have, you have everything so much to, lose. to lose. You have everything to lose. So much to lose. God damn, Bobby. Hell yeah. So, uh, what'd you, what'd you bring, bud? <laughs> um, I don't think we could have brought or completely opposite games. That's what I like to hear. Thematically, while also bringing kind of the same game. Hell yeah, that's what I like to hear. So uh, I, I get a little little intro. Um, do you rem do you recall? I know I know you do, but I'm you know rhetorics and and all that. Uh, rhetorics, rhetoric, rhetoric, and all that. Uh, hey, do you recall? Uh, a few months ago. When I made a little one-page uh, pen and paper DJing party game for the um, a game by its cover jam. Why, yes, I do. It was called uh, While the Tide Whispers, and it was a little one-page game where you played a radio host DJing, choosing music, and uh, taking calls um, from uh, people of a dying town. Um, well, I found a game... That's just a way better version of that, it, like, by every metric. Like, is is everything I could have ever wanted. Is it Dance Till Dawn? No, it's not Dance Till Dawn. It is a brand new game. Br Ooh. It was just released this month, um, and I only found out about it because I have a friend who works for an online retailer that is selling this game. And the game is called Void 1680 AM. Oh, fuck. That's a title right there. <laughs> uh, Void 1680 AM is a, a sweet little game by Bannerless Games. It released this month, and it's $10. And uh, 
It is a solo journaling game where you run your own radio show, playing songs, adding commentary, taking calls, and stringing a show together through the whims of a deck of cards and a D6. Oh, fuck. It is a lot of fun. It, at its heart, it is a solo playlist building game. That is it's it. You don't have a journal. You je- you build your playlist. Fuck. It is a hell of a lot of fun. It is. Um, I love that gimmick, man. We need we need more <laughs> music games out there. It's it, I had a lot of fun playing it. Um, there's just something about having that sort of artifice in front of you as a middleman to sort of uh, like it's like someone sitting you down and saying, hey, choose some music and think about the music you chose. Really think about it. Uh, Cause I feel like uh feel like nowadays, you know, I, I listen to a lot of music at work or while I'm editing um, or uh, when I'm running errands, it's music that I put on so that I have something to listen to while I'm doing something else. Very rarely anymore. Do I sit down? You know, it, it's not the 1970s. I'm not, I'm not sitting down and putting a record on and just like sitting there in the record. I say that I actually did do that the other day with um, uh, my favorite uh, one of my favorite records, uh, uh, Ella and Louis again, the uh, second shared album between uh, Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong. Hell yeah, it's very good. The song "Autumn in New York" whisks me away. Um, but that's also like a unique experience nowadays. Yes, it's it's a pretty unique thing. It's like that that is something you reserve for like special music that you're like this is mine i want to envelop myself fully in this and i'm making that choice but this game unlike most solo journal it it didn't feel like most solo journaling games i don't know if you've played a ton of other solo journaling games but they're very often about this overarching story building up this character or a crew of characters and playing with their relationships whereas this game is a lot more about you and it is a lot more mechanically similar to uh, the cooperative world-building games that I've played before, like The Ground Itself or The Quiet Year, stuff like that. Um, All right, now you're speaking my language. Yeah, so uh, the game is much like uh, While the Tide Whispers. It is uh, set into four different phases. You begin with a deck of cards and a dice. And, you know, your your playlist-making uh, purview, uh, whatever you're choosing. I, I chose Spotify because that's what I have. Um, and you separate your cards into five separate decks, uh, one for each suite and one that's just the face cards, uh, including the aces. And each numbered suite is what you will draw from for your songs when you're choosing uh, in your four phases of choosing songs. You draw three cards each round, these cards correspond, uh, sweet and number, to a prompt, uh, a wonderful prompt. Like, uh, here's an example. Um, you're driving late at night down a lonesome highway. What song are you putting on? Does it make you feel less alone or more alone? Fuck. Which is a great prompt. <laughs> and then you, you choose uh, three songs in a row. And after you've chosen all three, you do your little... Uh, hey everybody! Thanks you. Thanks for tuning into thirteen forty two a.m. This is your DJ of the night, Hunter J. Allen. Uh, coming up next, we've got an old favorite. Uh, Are there any rules defining how that that interlude goes? Or 
No, there's no rules defining the interlude. It just it just says lead in the song as much as you want uh, and let them play. And once you press play on your three songs for that round, that is the amount of time you have to process through your caller phase. For your caller phase, you draw one of the face cards from your deck, and it also has prompts um, relating to sweet and face. Depending on the face card you draw, that correlates to the uh, assumed age of the caller. Um, and if the suite of the card matches the suite of your current phase, that means the caller is calling about a song you just played. If it's for a future phase, that caller is calling to request a song. Oh. And then you roll a dice based on the suite, and the suite uh, uh, is like different moods. Queen of Hearts would be a woman who is calling about something uh, listful. And as you take this caller, you will roll a dice and it will determine what exactly that caller is calling about. And the suite determines the mood. So uh, all they're, they're all kind of the same. They, they have them all charted out. But uh, if you roll a four, it's normally about fortune or money. Um, but depending on the suite, it could either be a, a dismay about uh, money or... Um, a new opportunity coming up ahead. Um, and you have the amount of time that your songs play, your three songs play, to figure out who this caller is, why they called, what they're looking for, uh, what their life is like. And there's even an option um, later on where it says, like, uh, you may get attached to some of your callers, and that's perfectly fine. Um, if you end up playing the game again, just mark down what card they were um, with a Sharpie. And when you draw that card, that is them. And then it offers a separate table for roll these dice and uh, see how their fate has changed since you last heard from them. Oh, so you can build a setting off of this. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, I just, I had a lot of fun building playlists and getting calls in from people. Um, Pull up my Spotify real quick. And... Hello, can you play Baba O'Reilly by The Who? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, f- for an example, I decided to role play as a uh, a uh, country music station. A uh, I, it started out classic country music, but I had to I had to switch it up when some of the prompts got a little specific, and I was like, well, I don't know if there's any classic country songs that uh. I would play to make myself feel like a villain. They're probably they're probably there definitely are, but none of them. I had one song in my head, and, and it prompts you choose the first song that you think of, um, because it's, really this is a game about facing and confronting, not so much in a, a aggressive way, but um, putting yourself in front of your knee jerk choices and your the emotional connections you have with music. It's about understanding yourself. Like, like yeah. most journaling games, I think. Really? It's, on yeah. Some it, level. Yes. It's, it's about asking yourself questions about the choices you make um, in a very like neutral, um, almost therapeutic way of just like, why do you think about this song when you think about uh, your childhood? Um, why is this a song that you, are embarrassed to like, uh, stuff like that. Um, so let's, I'll give you an example, uh, in the 
second phase, I was given uh, the the first prompt for my first song. Choose a song that you would play to uh, to make you feel like a villain. Um, and the first song that came to mind uh, for a, you know a country song was a uh, uh, if it hadn't been for love by the Steel Drivers, which is this. Uh, it's this like a uh, this uh, sort of nouveau bluegrass, black grass, track that is uh, just a, been gone the, the lyrics are like a, never would have hitchhiked to Birmingham if it hadn't been for love, uh, never would have caught the train to Louisiana if it hadn't been for love, uh, just going on about a uh, uh, four cold walls uh, without parole uh, if it hadn't been for love. Oh man! Uh, just yeah, very good choice. Yeah, and it's it, but it's just it's not so much the lyrics, but just the the feeling of the song. It's got this like hard driving rhythm to it, and it's got this banjo that just sort of cuts through all of it, and it just feels kind of powerful and a little sinister. If I if I remember the Steel Drivers right, they're a little bit Tom Waitsy. A little bit, yeah. They're a little uh, Goodnight Texas. Uh, yeah, you you get it, man. Yeah. You get it. Um, but I chose that song and then once I'd chosen all three songs for that phase, I flipped over my face card and it was a card for that round. Uh, it, it was a, it was a card that matched the, uh, second phase suite. So the caller was calling about a song I just played. So I had my choices and I, you know, I, I rolled my dice to see, um, what kind of mood and thing the caller was calling about. And it was about uh, feeling forlorn about family. Oh. I was like, oh, they're calling about if it hadn't been for love. Oh, God. Yeah, that's a. Yeah. And so I just had a little conversation in, uh, with a, a fictitious man. And it was it was a, an older fellow. Um, I just had a conversation with an older man about if it hadn't been for love. What? Why? What? What if it hadn't been for love? Four cold walls without parole? Fuck. your story fella that's what i love about these games that shit writes itself <laughs> kind of um yeah and like i don't think it's like because i looked at all the prompts and a lot of them are like very fun uh i just happened to keep getting prompts that were a little bittersweet a little sad um and uh getting callers that match that energy um like uh i got a uh, the first song I chose was uh, Made in Japan by Buck Owens, which is this like very kitschy, very pretty goofy, um, borderline Orientalism uh, song about a, a, a an American who falls in love with a, a Japanese woman, and that, but they can't be together. Um, and I get a call about that song. I get a call about If It Hadn't Been For Love. Um, and then I get the prompt. Uh, I get the prompt, choose a song that always makes you tear up. Uh, and so I put down, I don't want to play house by Tammy Wynette, which I don't know if you're familiar is a song, uh, where, uh, the, uh, chorus is from the perspective of a little girl saying, I don't want to play house. I seen mama and daddy play house and mama cries and daddy left and none of them seem happy. So I don't want to play house no more. Oh God. Yeah. Very sad. <laughs> All of Tammy Wynette's songs are so fucking sad. Except for uh, your your good girl is gonna go bad. That's a fun song. I don't know. I like Tammy Wynette, but she's very fucking sad all the time. Um, and yeah, so my um, towards the end, <laughs> towards the end, uh, my um, my station just really took on a very depressing tone. 
about all of these sad people calling in about their regrets. And uh, I ended the song, um, I think the last prompt I got was one of the first, no, that's not it. Well, I got I got a, a very uh, impactful prompt that I really liked. I ended up choosing a um, bit of an unconventional pick, but still a country song. Um, Heavy Hands from the game Where the Water Tastes Like Wine. Of course. Uh, which is a great fucking song by Ryan Ike. From a great um, fucking game. Great fucking game. Great fucking song. Uh, you know, about working yourself to the bone uh, and dying with your hands worked to the bone, um, dreaming of where the water tastes like wine. Yeah, somebody called about that, but it was like a, a bit of a, a little optimistic end. Uh, the person was uh, like dreaming of uh, when they're finally going to make it, when when what they're working towards is going to finally feel like what they have. And yeah, it just... I just found it a really nice game. It's, I'm kind of, I feel like you and me, we have a few uh, aesthetics that we're kind of obsessed with. Um, a lone person in a radio station is one of mine. And I just love that. This was a good game for me. And uh, just a a little uh, tidbit that I found uh, very interesting and fun. Um, the creator, Ken Lowry, uh, is an actual AM radio hobbyist and actually broadcasts playing this game and, you know, doing other radio stuff on 1680 AM. What the fuck? Uh, that owns. It kind of fucking owns. And if you'd like to be featured as a DJ, uh, send your recordings to bannerlessgames at gmail.com uh, and please put uh, the tagline, uh, or please put void AM broadcast as the subject line. Um, and if you'd like to be featured as a caller, please call 972-656-9767 and leave a message, and you might be featured as a caller uh, in this uh, this radio broadcast. And some of these uh, voicemails are archived at bannerless.games slash callers for others to use as live callers in their own games. Oh, shit, that rules. Yeah, this game kind of has some fucking infrastructure in it, and I think I'm going to... We got to contribute. We, we got to contribute to that. Oh, absolutely. I really... I think I'm going to do a full set, because it's only, it's only four phases, three songs each phase. It's only 12 songs. That's easy. That's mighty easy. Anyone I, can do 12 songs. Anyone can do 12 songs. Any dodo can do 12 steps. Yeah. Um, I will leave a link to my own Spotify playlist I made during the first playthrough um, in the uh, the description. Uh, check it out if you'd like. Um, I highly recommend this song. Or the, yeah, I highly recommend this game. Pick this game up. Um, I would like to give you, Bobby, some of my favorite prompts that I got. Fuck yeah. Um, play one of your hour songs. Something you shared with someone close to you. Who was it? Why this song? One of the stupidest songs you love. It sucks, but you can't shake it. A song from a curveball genre, unlike anything else you listen to. Is it embarrassing to admit to it? The new obsession, the thing you listen to every day right now. Why do you think it's resonating? One of the first songs you learned all the lyrics to. Do you still remember them? Oh. A song from a band you hid from your parental figure. Are you right to do so? Oh. A song your family bonded over. Who loved it the most? Why? Some really good fucking questions. 
Yeah. yeah. I, I love how I love how so many of these are so fun with just a twinge of melancholy at the end. Yeah, like one or two word questions that at the end that are just like why do you, why, why do you say that? What makes you think that, huh? Yeah, like oh my god, that's that just just li- I'm not even playing and I'm already I'm already doing some reflecting here. Yeah, it uh yeah, it brought some stuff out of me. It um it made me really think. There were uh yeah, there were some questions that I got that were like uh uh, what's a song that uh, you and a friend shared? Or what's a song that when you play it, you can't help but think of a certain friend? Um, and I had a few that I was like, well, I don't talk to them anymore. Man, I, man, what happened? Man. <laughs> uh, this is a happy episode. This is a very happy episode. Uh, that's Void 1680 AM by Bannerless Games. Uh, it's 10 bucks. Go check it out. Uh, they're doing a physical version soon. It looks really good. Uh, the art for this game's pretty good. Um, yeah, that's my game. Hell yeah! I want to. God damn, I want to check that out. <laughs> I've been lo- I've, I've been looking for more playlist building games, man. That shit is so fun. It's really cute. It's a lot of fun. I really dig it. Um, yeah. Uh, anything else, Bobby? You been playing anything else? Not not a whole lot lately. Um. I, I I've had a bit going on. Yeah. Uh, we saw Mario. We saw Mario. We saw John Wick. We saw John Wick four. We saw John Wick four. Well, we saw all of them. We did see we did see all of them. Uh, Hunter uh, inv- invited me over to his place multiple times, so he could introduce me to the lovely world and words of uh, Mr. Wick. Spreading my gospel, and I I let John Wick speak to me. And I, I was moved by what I heard, so we uh, we went out, saw John Wick four. Uh, now that you've had a moment, what what did you think of John Wick four? I don't know if it's recency bias. I think it might be my favorite one. I think it's my favorite one. I think I think it's the uh, it's the it's the whips ass principle. Yeah, uh, this I mean, movie kind of whips ass. Yeah, it it is. A perfect portrait of everything that makes a John Wick movie appealing. I will be honest. I feel as though John Wick 4 is almost a caricature of the first John Wick. Like, it is a... It <laughs> like it feels like John Wick put through, like, a bunch of filters. No, like, this is a Looney Tunes-ass movie. Oh, this movie gets so fucking goofy. And it's so good. <laughs> It makes it so much better. The one dude who who winds his fist up. Oh my like, god! Like he's in a Tom and Jerry cartoon before there. punching a dude in the face. <laughs> Every why I oughta. <laughs> like there's him. The stairs. The stairs scene. The entire card playing scene with the dealer. The German dealer in the card playing scene. I would watch an entire. John Wick 4's length movie of just him sitting at a card table. He says the phrase, well, looks like we have ourselves a genuine conundrum, a quandary, if you will, a real-life dilemma, and it's the hardest shit anyone's ever said that dumb. Uh, that that sounds like like just reading it off. That sounds like the kind of bullshit we would say when we're yeah. struggling to come up with <laughs> when, a bit. When we're doing a bit, when we're doing like 
<laughs> not even a, yeah you you nailed it not even a real bit like a substitute bit like when we're, when and we're it, trying to get ourselves warmed up and, and we have no idea what to say that is an insert bit here for, do you think he ad-libbed that he has to have there's no way there's no way someone <laughs> saw that in the script and was like oh this goes so hard there's no way somebody wrote down and someone edited and said that looks great it looks like we have ourselves a genuine conundrum, a quandary, if you will, a real-life dilemma. That has to have been on set. <laughs> so he, he started saying that, and the director said, let him cook. I'm so glad he did. <laughs> Do you think he told anyone beforehand? It was just like, yo. <laughs> I hope he didn't. I, I, I hope so hard that that just came out. Yo, I'm about to blow this spot up. Yo, they're gonna be talking about this one for ages. Do you think he? Do you think he made Keanu Reeves break? Do you think he made any of them break? <laughs> he had to have. I mean, you saw him. He looked bananas. He looked so goofy, like an such such an obviously fake fat suit. Very just, obviously fake fat just suit. Tiny little head on top tiny of that little huge head. body. A golden overbite. A asthma inhaler. And that fucking military haircut. The military haircut and the wackest suit I've ever seen. And a gun far, far, like a gun from Roger Rabbit. He looks like a Roger Rabbit character, just generally. Oh my god, he... He looks like he's from a completely different movie. And it was amazing. God, I loved... He was my favorite part of the movie. Go talk to John Wick, folks. Oh, yeah, go to, hey, rule. Rule nine, speak to John Wick once you found him. Once you found him, speak to John Wick. Bobby, can you list me all the rules we had at the beginning? Um, In any particular order? In the, Hold on. You know what? Hold on. We'll save that. We close out. I feel like we should, we, yeah. I, I played a little bit of something else, but like we talk, I got to talk about John Wick, so I'm pretty satisfied. Um. Just in, in brief passing, I played a, a little physical game called Public Access. Um, it's also pretty recent. It's 15 bucks by Jason Cordova. Um, it's about latchkey kids in the 80s solving mysteries. Oh, uh, my fav- one of my favorite things. Yeah, one of your favorite things. It's kids on bikes meets uh, uh, VHS analog horror. Uh, it's about kids trying to track down uh, proof and the uh, supernatural entities of um an old public access television show that nobody else remembers but them yo we gotta play this it's very fun it's very cool um but yeah that's that's really all i have to have to say about it uh go go play bobby i do believe we have one last uh piece of business to attend to all right you don't have to I was trying. I'm trying to, to make art here. I was trying to be like a weird owl in Albuquerque. Well, now who could that? Who could that be? That's a phrase that sticks in my mind every time I hear someone knock on any door. <laughs> Some things just stick with us, man. Yeah. Um, Bobby, seems we have one last piece of business to attend to. And what would that be, my friend? Uh, I do believe we have to spin a wheel. I believe you're right. Uh, at the end of every episode, uh, we spin a wheel with gaming topics, subjects, and genres, and whatever the wheel lands on, that's what we're going to play next time. Go ahead and quit teasing me, and go ahead and spin that wheel, man.
You know what? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna try. It's a big wheel. It's a pretty big wheel. You gotta get both hands on it. Boom, 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 boom. Out here in the fields, we spin, spin for, for our, our wheels. wheels. <laughs> Ooh, look at this, Bobby. What we got? There's what no got? end in sight. For these, these endless games. Endless games. Endless games. Endless games. Games you can just keep playing. I don't think I can finish that in time. Bobby, when has that ever stopped you? Yeah, you got me. <laughs> Fucking called out. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> That's right. Take it, you bitch. Yeah, okay. Oh, so... It's like next episode, uh, we will be bringing to the table endless games. We're talking roguelikes. We're talking games that just keep on giving. I want to thank Twinkle Park for letting us use their song Busy Busy for our theme music. Uh, it's a great little track by a great little gal. Go check them out. Hell yeah. Um, we try to put out an episode every Thursday, and I believe I'll be able to make it this time. Yeah, so give us a... Uh, every us other a, Thursday. Every other Thursday. Thank you. Every other Thursday. Once every two weeks. That's how we do things here. Mm-hmm. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcast, uh, wherever else you get your podcast from. And uh, give, us a, give us a like, a share, whatever. And uh, if you if there's a game you'd like to send us or a game that you think we should check out, um, I guess you can send it to me at Hunter J. Allen uh, on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, tell tell us about it. You tell can, us about it. I'm sure you can find us, a detective. Yeah. Wouldn't you like to know? And uh, I think that's everything. Um, Bobby, can you tell me all the rules of game design? All of them? Yeah, so... I'll start you off. Um, I say that. I don't remember rule one. Get the bugs out of your eyes. Get the bugs out of your eyes. All right. Well, number two and have fun. Yes, that's that's number two. Number three. And number three. The most important one. Hide. Hide. Well, number four. Rule number four. Yes, and. Yes, and. Rule number five. Rule number five. Don't get hit. Don't get hit. Rule number six. Rule number six. Uh. Remember to talk to Kirby. Remember to talk to Kirby. It's so important. Talk to Kirby, folks. Can't forget that. He'll be so upset. Rule seven. Where's John Wick? Where's John Wick? Rule eight. Third most important rule. Yes. Don't forget it. Yeah. I'm Hunter J. Allen. <laughs> and I am Bobby McCarthy. And we've, we've been, been two itchy boys. boys. Golly. Golly.